0: just good to be in the house of the Lord. This is good. Friday night was good. Man, Friday night we just did like, I don't even know how long we were at it, but we just worshiped God and it was really powerful. I love this house. I love your heart for worship and uh, thank God for his presence. Amen. Amen. We need his presence. It's so refreshing and uh and it's just good to worship God. I appreciate um those who I just want to say again how much I appreciate people who showed up yesterday. People uh gotta say Kristen and uh Reno and Brenda. They stayed here pretty late yesterday. <laughs> later than everybody else, to get things finished up. And we got all the rooms upstairs painted, the trim cut in. It looks so good. Man, it just looks really nice. Now the goal is to get down here and get this sanctuary done, because we're getting ready for carpet. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm looking for some new carpet. Amen. So... Thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been coming out and helping. I, I do need you to just keep it in mind and keep, uh, keep uh, offering. If you haven't done your heart for the house offering, we, we could use it. In fact, I'm asking the Lord to lay it on a few people to just go a little beyond the norm. Because the plan was that me and a couple of guys were going to like install this carpet but I'm really seriously thinking I'm retiring from carpet laying or ever getting on my knees again except to pray. <laughs> so, hallelujah. I don't know, if you know a good carpet installers, give me their phone number. Here's what I want you to do too. So today, I didn't even, I didn't talk to any of the leadership team about this, but um, if uh, Julie... You would get a sheet, put it out on the back, just a back table. Um, come March 7th, um, I'm gonna do a 40 day negativity fast. Right. We, for 40 days, we're gonna fast negativity. So if you want to go on this journey with me, I want you to sign up and you'll get e- emails and come along because, um, I, how many of you know we need, to, we need to feast on the positive and fast on the negative? Y'all don't seem so convinced about that. I just think it's, I think we have to break our allegiance with negativity and we have to get our minds our hearts and everything in our lives aligned with God and his God is positive God we sang it this morning God is good and 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 we got to get that way down on the deepest part of our inside and that we live out of God's goodness amen so if you'd like to come along I'm taking that journey it starts March 7th and uh and you know, you say 40 days, well, but think, I'm not asking you to not eat for 40 days. I mean, if you want, you could do that, but we're talking about fasting negativity and it's just a, it's a, an intentional effort to, you'll be surprised at what God will do. And I did this last year and, uh, you know, and, and I refused to speak negatively and, Man, it just changed everything in my everything in my life it changed and rearranged things. And I and I got quiet. I had people actually say, well why aren't you saying anything?" And I said because I'm not saying anything negative. And so that changed that cha- you know because I'm just like you. I mean I get overwhelmed sometimes. You know, and I get, I get, so come along with me, sign up. We're going to do that. This morning, as we get into this, this morning we're in part three of our four, actually. We have that? There we go. Swept off my feet, part four, which probably this will be the final chapter for this particular series. Next week, we have something really special planned with our youth who were gone last Sunday to Winter Jam, and uh, I didn't see y'all like jumping and jiving like you did at Sunday night. I'm not calling you out or nothing, but but should we? Do I need to put "I Can't Stop" up? And we should we do that? What's that? What's that guy's name? Yeah, should we play a little of that? Look, they are all dropped their heads. Like a, last week, they were like dancing in the aisles out of Winter Jam, but. But it was awesome. Next week they're going to do a special presentation, a skit, powerful skit. And uh, we're just going to have a great Sunday next Sunday. So come on out. Bring young people. We just want to see young people get touched by God. Amen. So we're in this final chapter of Swept Off My Feet. I want to get to this. We're using Exodus 19 for this four-part series that we've taught And it says, you've seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. Because that's, after all, that's really all God's interested in. He's he's interested in bringing you to himself. And he says, I, and now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you'll be a special treasure to me. I've been really hitting that hard about you getting your belief system and your inner vision and your ideas of who you are in alignment with God's word and break your agreement with negativity in that way because many of you have been thinking that you're you're not a treasure you've been thinking way beneath what God looks at you and God sees you as a special treasure and he he and he says this, you're a special treasure to me above all people. You're special. About, I know God loves everybody, but I'm here to tell you, he loves me better than anybody. I mean, that's how I live my life. I have to because, you know, the, the devil tries to rob you from that. And if he gets you to thinking that you're just, you're just, it actually gets you thinking like you're an outcast, you'll start living like an outcast. You'll start believing like an outcast, and you'll start receiving like an outcast. But if you start believing that you're a special treasure and and living in that life, then you'll see that that God, God is so attracted to you. That's what I want you to hear this morning. God is so attracted to you. You don't put him off. He loves you. He, he's drawn to you. And and, and he's, he wants to sweep you off your feet. That's what the whole purpose of this is. And then he says, for all the earth is mine, but you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So I want you to get this. I, I think um, this is what you need to understand. I'm going to go through these real quick. We are hardwired to belong. I brought you to myself. You're hardwired to belong. Everybody wants to belong. I know everybody wants to be different, but at the end of the day, we really want to belong. Amen. You are all different. There's nobody like you, but you still have this desire to belong. And so God says, I brought you to myself. Number two, we are empowered to believe. We're empowered to believe. So he says obey my voice and keep my covenant. God gives you the desire and power to do his will. So you're empowered to believe what God has said. It, it, it's it's not it, it's it, it's so simple that it's sometimes I think we stumble over it. Jesus said as a man believes in his heart so is he. So it's whatever you believe you receive. So how did you get saved? A man <laughs> believes in his heart, confesses with his mouth that he that Jesus is Lord and thou shalt be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. So we're empowered to believe. And I believe it, It's it's so vital that we get our believing right. Can you say amen? amen. That's so powerful. And number three, we're invited to become. See, this is the real beauty of the gospel is that God, God loves you just the way you are, but he wants to change you into everything he created you to be. And that means getting rid of all the old grave clothes and shedding yourself of all the junk and become like his son, Jesus, to become one of the sons of God. Speak to the sons of Israel. The sons, your, your identity is as a son and a daughter. And so you're be, you, you, Jesus wants you to become. We're all in the process of becoming something. And so what are you becoming? That's a good question. What are you becoming? So as we get into this today, it says, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. So I want to talk to you this morning about the priesthood of your life as a believer. Because what God wants you to become is 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 a, is a fulfillment of his priestly call in your life. And notice he says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. It's one of the great principles restored from the Reformation under Luther, which was 500 years ago this year. In 1517... Luther nailed the 95 Thesis on the wall of the church at Wittenberg, a Catholic church, and it started the Protestant Revo- uh, Reformation. And one of the things Luther did right after he posted that is he went away for I think it was ten months. He he, he walked up this hill, and there was a there was this castle on this hill in Germany. And he stayed in this castle for 10 months. And you know what he did for 10 months? He took the scriptures that were written only in the Latin Vulgate, which only at that time the Catholic priest could read because it was considered, it was considered way out of the average person's uh, capability to read and understand the scripture. So because of the way the priestly ministry had become at that time everything had to come through the priest. He had to administer all the rites and all of the uh, of the celebrations of communion. He had to he had to pronounce on you the blessings of of the church and everything funneled through this priest under under this day because the the church had drifted into institutionalism are you with me I know this is a little history but think about this the church began in an outpouring of the Holy Spirit and in in just a few years it drifted into institutionalism and it went from the free-flowing of the Holy Spirit to a bunch of rituals and 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 rules And then the priesthood got relegated to a few paid professionals. But in the New Testament church, look at how God used everyone who was filled with Him and filled with His Spirit and and, and lives had been changed. Everyone had this calling to walk out their priesthood of a a believer in God. But in in the... series of time that priesthood was taken away from the church from the average person vested in a few select people and then luther and the bible was taken away from them you know the scriptures were were put away was it was actually you there were actually people who were disfellowshipped from the church because they read they got caught reading the bible I'd like you all to get caught reading your Bible. And and and, and there was like, everything went through this, this twisted up institutional church that got very formal, very rigid, and very dead. Because you have to make a choice, church. Listen, we have to make a choice. We're either going to be we're either going to be sensitive and open to the moving of the Holy Spirit or we're going to be committed to a to a a list of rules and regulations and if you submit to the rules and regulations, you quench the spirit. You say, Pastor Mike, are you saying that there's no rules in, in the in the house of God? no i don't I didn't say that, but I say this that the first priority of the church Is not an adherence to rules. It's a sensitivity and obedience to the Holy Spirit. Because God can change the rules. Pastor Mike, now I know you're a heretic. Now think about this. Even in the Old Testament, the priesthood was relegated to one tribe called the Levites. And they were assigned the duties of the temple. And different ones had different responsibilities with the the temple. But how many of you know when Jesus came, the rules changed? See, I know people get, oh, Pastor Mike, be careful, you know, because, listen... Here's, here is the challenge for the church today. To be sensitive and obedient to the Holy Spirit, which will always line up with God's Word. But if you simply adhere to a list of rules and regulations and you ignore the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is grieved and will withdraw. And I submit to you this morning that what the world needs is to see The power of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our work because he can do more in a few seconds than you can do in your rules and regulations in decades. Rules and regulations do not change people. I know because I've tried that. I tried it with my kids. And the more he rebelled, the stiffer the rules got. And the stiffer the rules got, the more he rebelled. Because that's how the law works. But when you come under the influence of grace and the Holy Spirit is working in your life, all of a sudden your want-tos line up with his want-tos and you desire to please God. I'm about to fall right there. I'm a little wobbly. Y'all pray for me. His legs are sore today. So here's the, here's the thing. The priesthood, Luther goes up into this castle for 10 months and he took the Latin Vulgate and translated it into a language, the German language that they could actually read. And then you know what he did? He did the most her- heretical thing you could ever do. He put the Bible in the hands of the people. And all of a sudden, people started reading. Therefore, be, you know, here was Luther's key verse. Everybody has a verse in their life. Luther's key verse was in Romans, and, it, and it, when when Luther read Romans, it really wrecked him. Because how many of you know when God starts speaking to you out of the Bible, it will mess you up. I used to be a pastor in a in a denomination that had a lot of rules and regulations. And when I got into the word of God and saw what God was doing, it wrecked me. And they showed me the left foot of fellowship. How can the truth get you in trouble? Well, ask Luther. He he says, hey, wait a minute. The priesthood... According to this Bible, it says in 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. It says in the book of Romans, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Justification doesn't come through the church. The church can't justify you. The church didn't bleed and die for you. The church didn't resurrect from the dead for you. The church did not cover you in its blood. Jesus did that. Only Jesus can save you. Come on, church. So when Luther brought this... Thing one of the primary truths that got restored in the Reformation was the priesthood of all believers. And it really rocked the it really rocked the world. And then and then, of course, the church went through this split. And Luther was the beginning of a reformation that went on, and out of that reformation sprang many different moves of God. That saw the church getting restored little by little back to back to where God had intended it, and so I, w- I want to talk to you a little bit about that. For 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 here's what here's what the here's the truths that shook the. Earth. I know these are common to most of us today, but I'm going to show you some of the truths that rocked the early church here. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 5. Here's what it says. For there is one God. Everybody say one God. How many gods are there? There's one God. Now listen to this. And one mediator. Say one mediator. What is a mediator? That's the person who stands between you and God. The mediator is the person who mediates the, the the blessing or the promise or the salvation between you and God. Now, there's one God and then there's one mediator between God and men. And it's not another man, it's not a priesthood in the sense of, of what we look at it today. No preacher can be the mediator between you and men and you and God. Who is this mediator? The man Christ Jesus. Isn't that good news? That you don't you don't have to go through a man to get to heaven. You have to go through Jesus. Jesus said, You got to believe in me. He that cometh to the Father must come by me. Why? Because there's one God, one mediator. Now, in the Old Testament, this is where the rules change. Because in the Old Testament, there was mediators set up in the temple. And they were the priesthood under the Levitical, uh, Levitical uh, law, rituals. But when Jesus came, Jesus came for the express reason to be the mediator between you and God. One mediator. Let's go on. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Now, wait a minute. He says there's only one mediator, but now you're saying that we're all a priesthood. We're a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him. You should write that down. If you write in your Bible, what you should write in your Bible... Pastor Mike, it says holy. I shouldn't write in my Bible. I, re- I write in my Bible. I love Bible. I, I I love to pick up Bibles and hundreds of things fall out, little notes. Right? Listen, he said, let, I want to talk to you about this because this is where we get all messed up. You see, I know there's two there's two aspects. Jesus is the only mediator. But to the degree we abide in him, he brings us into a joint royal priesthood ministry. So Follow me here. This ministry has two parts. Think about this. There's an outer court ministry. If you look back at the Old Testament, under the temple, there was... Three parts to the temple. There was the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies. Three parts to the temple, right? In the outer part of the temple was where all the sacrifices were done openly and before the people. And in that outer court was the was the altar of sacrifice and the and the brazen laver. Or the wash basin where the priest ceremoniously washed himself as he proceeded to to offer up the sacrifices to God in the outer temple and so that was an outward ministry and it was for men people would bring their offering to the to the priest and the priest would kill the offering offer up the blood burn the sacrifice and the priest was the mediator in that and stood between God and man As he offered up that sacrifice. And that, who was that for? That was to cover man's sin. You with me? You still with me? Now here's, this. follow me here. I'm just going to say some things that are going to challenge us this morning. Most of the church is given to outward ministry. In other words, what we do is about out, out of us, from, from ministering to people. And I, as, a, as a person who's in the ministry, the challenge in my life is, is that, that there's always something and someone to minister to. And it and ceases. It never ceases. And and I spend a good deal of my time and my my ministry ministry to people. Can you, are you with me? And I know many of you do the same thing. Our leadership team here—we're we're we're a church that loves to minister to people. But here's the. Here's the flip side of this and I want you to listen to me because I'm not complaining about or nor am I saying we're doing something wrong when we minister to people. But if all we're doing is ministry to people and we're not taking care of the inner court ministry, if we're not Walking into the holy place. Because you see, once that priest left the outer court and went into the inner court, there was a curtain drawn and it was him alone with God. Are you with me? And there, that ministry, where, who was that ministry for? That ministry was to the Lord. All that went on behind there was ministering to the Lord. It was a ministry to God. And so the inner court ministry is to the Lord. The outer court ministry is to the people. Are you with me? Let's go on a little further then. Everything in the tent was made ready in the way I have... He, oh, here we go. Hebrews nine six. I, I, my eyes are getting old too. Everything in the tent. What's he? He's saw about the tabernacle. You with me? Everything in the tent was made ready in the way I have explained. Now, Paul or the writer of Hebrews. I, I think it was Paul. There's discussion about that, but whatever. Um. The writer of Hebrews in the, says a lot about the temple and about the priesthood and about worship. In Hebrews nine six, he says everything in the temple was designed according to the, to the way God gave Moses the, the rules of engagement. But then he says this. Then the priests went into the first room every day to do their worship duties. So they did the outer court thing. But every day they went into the inner court for what? For what? Worship. 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 Everybody say it with me. Worship. Because can I, can I tell you something this morning? I know, there, I know all of us want a powerful ministry. To the outer court, to people. I wanna, I wanna have a powerful ministry to people. I want the anointing that's in my life and the presence of God that's sitting on my life. I want it to touch people. But can I tell you that the, the power of your outer court ministry is directly related to your inner court ministry. In fact, I would submit to you that there is no power to your outer court if you're neglecting the inner court. Even the church today is being challenged because much of what we do is simply to one another. But I believe the Spirit of God is calling us into the secret place. Calling us into a hiding place, if you will. Julie read that psalm out of Psalm 24 about ascending into the hill of the Lord. Why do you ascend into the hill of the Lord? Because it's where you get ministered to. It's where you get touched by the presence of God. It's where you come to love and know Him in the depth of intimacy and power. And when you step out of that place, you are endued with an anointing that people will notice, hey, there's something about you. There's something different about you. And in a day where the church is being challenged, I mean, listen, in some, some, and it's not here. Some churches are putting worship aside because they, I heard, I heard a person say, well, you know, worship is awkward for people. But it isn't for the people. It's for God. You know what's awkward about it? What's awkward is that when you get into the presence of God, you stand there open. And I'm going to tell you something. There's no way I can stand here until I have stood there. There's no way I've got the boldness to stand here until I stand in the gates of heaven and talk and spend time and get deep in the things of God. There's no way that my words have power here until my words have power there. Yeah, yeah. That's why we did what we did Friday night. You know, I'm going to tell you, I, know, I love Sunday mornings. But y'all didn't come here to stay all day. Right? You're already thinking, where are we going for lunch? When this preacher shuts up, thinking Chinese today. Now he just mentioned Chinese and I was going to go to Texas Corral and now I'm thinking chop suey. What, What is he doing to me? He's messing with my mind. You see, we 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 come on Sunday mornings and we, we are we're under we're under certain time constraints. I acknowledge it. I try to respect that. I do. I respect your time. I think it's amazing that you come here. I do. I appreciate that you come here. That you even sit and listen to me. I don't even understand it half the time. Why do they come and listen to me? But then I realized you didn't come to listen to me. I think you came for God. I think you came because you're hungry for a touch of God and you're hungry and you know that this place has got a, this place is this place is crazy sometimes. I mean, you look at this place, if you've seen this place just a few days ago, you thought, Wow, how are you gonna have church up here? I mean, it was just the thing, we don't think we can have church. Unless certain criteria are met. But I'm here to tell you something. You can have church anywhere. That you set your heart to go into the holy of holies and get in the presence of God. And when you enter in the presence of God, you open your heart up and say, Lord, here I am. I'm here to bless you. I'm here to minister to you. I'm here, God, to give you the honor and the glory that you deserve. I'm here to bless you, Jesus. I'm here for you, Lord. I'm here because I need you and I want you and I can't live without you. And if there's something wrong with that, then then there's just going to be something wrong with that because that's just how I feel. That's just how I want to operate. That's how I want to live my life. But I know we come in, we have, we have time restraints. But what we're going to do, we're going to do these Friday nights where the goal is just to come and linger in the presence of God. Yeah, just linger in the presence of God. Where I don't have to worry about, you know, I gotta, we gotta get this song done because the pastor's coming up next and if I take too much of his time, he's gonna give me a talking to later. And then if I take too, too long, Terry gives me a talking to later. And yet here we are, we're here for God, we're here, we're here to see God, we're here to be touched by God, we're here because there's needs sitting right here in our midst. And I tell you what, if Jesus was here, I don't think He'd be worried about our program. I don't think He'd be worried about our time. In fact, I think lunch would go on hold if Jesus was here. But see, there's this this thing that's going on and there's this ministry. And I want you to know. See, many of you, I want you to know that you have a ministry as a priesthood. And the main thrust of this priesthood is for you to minister to the Lord. You with me? It's for you to minister to the Lord. I'm not here trying to design a program that I love. I want something that he loves. I want him to set his seal of approval on it. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied that I have found the key to all of that yet. I know what people like. People tell me all the time what they like. Which the insinuation is, I didn't like that. Like I did it because I liked it. But I'm trying to find out what is good. Pleasing to God and his heart. Because here's the thing. I think if we sow into God's heart. God will sow into this. But if all we do is worry about this. And we neglect to sow into him. What, would, what, could, it, what could happen to this? It becomes dry. Institutionalized. It becomes given to r- rituals and Regulations. How I many you know that God's not interested in your rituals? Jesus came into the temple many times and he just messed everything up. They were having church. They were going through all kinds of things. One day they were having a celebration in the temple. Jesus walked in with a big thing of water and he poured it out and it says he yelled out, If any man thirst, let him come after me. That messed up the whole meeting right there. And all them religious people go, what's he think he's doing? He's trying to meet people's needs. He's trying to, he's trying, to, and you know how come he, you know how come Jesus was so good at meeting the people's needs? Because he spent time with the Father. You see how it works? If you want more power with people, then spend more time with God. If you want to be an influence at work, then how much time have you spent before the throne of God just bringing that up to God? Oh, God, let your presence be manifested even in this crummy workplace where all these crabby people are doing all this crummy stuff and they're trying to hurt me god they're trying to stab me in the back it sounds like david doesn't it? god all my enemies have risen up against me but god rise god rise in your power and when god rises the enemy is put down but the only way the enemy will be put down is if he is lifted up See, that's the priest that he says the priest went into the first room every day to do their worship. They went in, how, how often did they go? If your measure of worship is only here on Sunday mornings, no wonder you're dry and empty. No wonder you're a crispy critter. Remember that cereal, crispy critters? Yeah, I'm old. Yeah, I remember Crispy Critters. And I, I know people who are Crispy Critters. You know, the further you drift away from your connection and abiding with Jesus, the crispier you get. And then anybody just takes a step around you and all of a sudden your feelings are hurt. You know why your feelings are hurt? Because you haven't been spending any time with Jesus. Because if you were submitting time in the presence of Jesus, you you wouldn't let that distract you. How many of you know that there are weapons of mass destruction all over our world? Do you know that? They say there are weapons of mass destruction here in the United States that have been smuggled in. I read the other day in an article that, that Russia has used weapons of mass destruction in the Ukraine. I have a friend that just came back from the Ukraine. And they're they're actually, people are disappearing, opposing rebels that are against the Russian takeover. Uh, They're using weapons, but how come we don't don't hear anything about that? Weapons of mass destruction are all around us. But can I tell you what's killing more people than anything in the world right now? It's weapons of mass destruction. Just look at Facebook. You got Christians.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: You ain't changing nothing by all your jibber-jabbering, griping, and complaining. And if you're spending more time on Facebook than you are on your face, you should shut your Facebook off. In fact, if you're going to go on this 40 day negativity fast with me, you got to stay away from Facebook for 40 days. So that means nobody's going with me. I know, but that's all right. That was just negative. What I said was just negative right there. That's why I need this negativity fast. Because I'm looking for people who are hungry for God. I'm looking for people who are tired of just playing church and going to church. And they want church to become their life. And their life is the church. And everything about them exudes Jesus. I want you to get, when you get cut, you bleed Jesus. Because you are going to get cut. You know that, right? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The priesthood that God has called you to, the first and fundamental thing He's called you to, is to get into His heart, be intimate with Him. Let me back up here. I was looking at this. Where am I? There it is. Look at this. You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood, a royal priesthood. You know why you're royal? Not just a priesthood, you're a royal priesthood. Why? So you may proclaim the praises of Him. Who is Him? Who is Him? He's the king. So if you're showing the praises of the king, that makes you a royal priesthood. When you worship Him, you're worshiping royalty. And when you come up and worship Him and make that transition into into the very presence of God, then you become what you worship. You become royalty. You see yourself in a different light as well. You see yourself as I'm a son or a daughter of God. And when I show forth the praises of Him who's called me out of darkness into what? So the light of God. See, here's what happened. In the temple in the temple the first room of the temple there was there was a table of showbread and on that table were 12 loaves and the 12 loaves represented the 12 tribes of Israel and God even had them stack them in a certain way they were two rows of 6 and on the other side of the room was this candelabra, this candlestick, the Bible calls it, that was kept perpetually burning. With the fire was never supposed to go out. And it was fed from the outside as the priest would fill it with olive oil. What does oil represent? What is oil an emblem of in the, whole, in the Holy Bible? The Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit is poured into this candle stick, it lit up the candlestick in the holy place, and the light from the candles was bathed on the twelve loaves. Are you with me? There was no other lighting, there was no other nothing in the room. Do You see the picture here? When you and I are flowing in the Holy Spirit, the light that emanates from us, that brought us out of darkness, is bathed on everything around us. And what the Holy Spirit is trying to do, church, is He's trying to fill us with fresh oil. Many of you are living on an experience that you had with God years ago. And when you talk, you even talk about what you used to do and what you used to flow in and what you used to see. How you used to be used by God. But see, the problem is the oil's dried up and the fire has died and it's dark in the room. And the enemy has came in and tried to tell you this is just this is just how you're supposed to live your life you know you can't live your life on the mountain. How many of you ever heard that you can't live your sometime you're going to come out into the valley. The devil is a liar I know all these pictures you know. Hills and valleys. I, I I know what a valley is. But that doesn't mean when I get in the valley I lose the light. It doesn't mean in the valley I lose the presence. It doesn't mean... In fact, in the valley it's where this oil begins to flow more precious. And where the light becomes more bright. It's where the power of God becomes more important. It's where my intimacy with Him carries me through the valley. Because I don't... I cannot... I cannot tell you how many times in that valley, in that darkness, God has come to me and spoke his word to me and brought me through the valley. Yea, though I walk through. Everybody say through. You're wondering, maybe some of you sitting here today, how am I going to get through this? I'm going to tell you how you get through it. You worship your way through it. You worship your way through it. This is a worshiping church. This this is it's going to get crazy up in here, up in here, up in here. Because I decided, you know, I want I want things to I want things to be right. I mean, I I want to have everything in order. I want to have the low stacked just right. We work hard to do things. Nice and do do things well around here. I'm not talking about just anything goes, but I'm telling you what doesn't make up for any of this is you cannot substitute any of it for the presence, for the anointing, for the power of God. And for some of you, the fire has died. And you've been walking by a false fire. You're walking by a memory. Of something that used to burn on the inside of you. And then when you get in a meeting like this, you get uncomfortable. Then you go off and go, I don't like that. I don't like the way they worship there. You dried up old thing. You know why you don't like it? Because you're dried up. But Pastor Mike, aren't you worried if you let people do all that stuff, it's going to get, it's going to get weird. I ain't worried. I ain't worried. The Holy Spirit can take care of that. i am tell you, it doesn't scare me. Are you scared? You know what scares me? Is that we build this great, big, beautiful program and God isn't in it. That's what scares me. It scares me that the church can have all this stuff neatly done and the Holy Spirit's grieved. You know what scares me? That I can go through the motions. Because I know how to pastor. I know how to run a church. But I can do all of that without being. And spending time in that secret place with him. And it all becomes part of the habit. The habit. God wants you to shed your habits. That keep you clothed in darkness and death and he wants you to come out into the marvelous light come into his presence be a priest that spends time before the presence of the lord You want to know how to make these services so powerful that people can't even stand in their seats anymore? They're going to have to run to the altar and get saved? You want to know how to see a church become so powerful that the city just can't ignore them anymore? That the city can't just act like they don't exist? You want to know how to have a place where God shows up on a regular basis? When we spend daily time in the presence of the Lord and we come to church prayed up, all prayed up, all worshiped up, all readied up. And then God just says, "Woo! I love this place. Hallelujah. Because God inhabits the praises of his people. Pastor Mike, that ain't cool. That ain't cool. I I see churches now today, you know, where worship's so casual, they just sit down through the whole thing. nobody lifts their hands in fact i was in one church and nobody even sang it was like a concert and the band was great i mean the band was like studio musicians accomplished vocalists everything was perfect they had a they had a million dollar sound system But my my thing was like, where's the praises of his people? That God called you to proclaim. He called you. He called you. He called you to proclaim. To show his praises. He called you to stand out from the crowd. I don't care if anybody else in this building is going to stand. Do you see me dancing over there this morning? That was just a few seconds, but as a few more than you did. Right. <laughs> On knees that can barely bend. Because I'm here to worship God. I'm here to proclaim his praises. I've spent time in the presence of God. I get up, I get up, there's mornings I get up at 4.30 in the morning. The house is so quiet. The only thing I hear are snoring bulldogs and a snoring wife. It's true. I love my wife's snore, it comforts me. There's some nights when she stops snoring, I wake up to see if she's still alive. And I get up and I go and I get in the presence of God because this stuff that we carry is heavy sometimes. I can't do this, church. I can't do it without His presence. I want to know, are you willing to come along with me and be one of these priests who will minister to the Lord, who will abandon your pride will abandon your your self-interest and not question, well, it's not what I like, because the question isn't about what you like, it's about what he likes. I remember my friend Peter Lord, not really my friend, he's just a man I've greatly respected coming up, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He was a great pastor, great Bible teacher. He was preaching about how important it is to keep your heart between you know before God and walk out your walk with God before you walk it out before people, because otherwise you just find yourself going through the motions. He said, you go, go through the motions and pretty soon your life is over, and you realize all I did was live my life for men and not for God and here's what he said. And what happens when you get to heaven and you stand before God? And God says, Peter, how's it going? And Peter said, Lord, I've spent my whole life, I've spent my whole life, Lord, making you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. The reason he said that is because Peter, Lord, loved peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He said, Lord, I've spent my whole life making you peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And the Lord looked at him and said, Peter, I don't like peanut butter and jelly. What if you spent your whole life and then got to the end and did something and realized you did something, gave your life to something he didn't like the most precious thing we all have folks is time and if you're going to spend your time doing anything spend your time worshiping God bow your heads with me bow your heads with me spirits asking you to speak and minister to hearts here today. I just thank you for everybody who's sitting in these chairs today, Lord, I know you have a plan, a purpose for everyone from the youngest to the oldest. From the smallest to the greatest. That's what you said in Psalm 24. Let both small and great come and worship. Lord, because we all stand on equal ground here. But for that person who's living today out of a cold deadness, I just call them back to life. Holy Spirit, I call them back to life. Breathe on them. Breathe on them, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Breathe on them, Holy Spirit. Deliver us from our religiosity, from our rituals, from our institutional mindset, and how we've even tried to take this priesthood and make it just about what we do to others. But God, the most important call we've ever had and ever will have is be our call to be intimate with you. I want to be intimate with you, Lord Jesus. I want to carry your heart. I want to reflect your love and your praise to people. You've done such a wonderful thing in bringing me out of darkness. Bringing me out of darkness, Lord, into your marvelous light. I just want to show it all the days of my life. While your heads are bowed, I just want to know, if you, if, you, if you just say, Pastor Mike, I want you to pray for me. I, I need to get into this holy place. I've been neglecting it. I've been doing a lot of things that, in fact, maybe I've turned into a Martha and my ministry is a Martha ministry. But I haven't been doing the merry thing sitting at Jesus' feet. You say, Pastor Mike, the fire's died in me, and I'm living off of memory, and I'm not living in the moment. The oil's dried up, and I need to get back to the fountain, I need to get back to the well that's you would you just raise your hands where you're at just raise your hands so i can see it thank you thank you lots of hands lord i thank you for these hands that went up here today i pray for them right now god i pray for a holy spirit encounter that will completely wreck them from where they are and where they've been and from the the rut that the enemy has tried to put them in and the song that he's tried to steal from them and the joy that he has robbed from them. And I pray for an infusion of Holy Spirit power that there's this arising of praise that rises up on the inside of them. Father, I ask you to forgive us for thinking we could do this without you, that we could do this without abiding in you, that we could do this without keeping that place of intimacy. Lord, I want more. And these hands that went up, they're at saying, I want more. 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 I want you to stand. Everyone stand with me across this place. Come here. Come here, Amy. I want to sing that little part, that little part of this song. All I need is you, Lord. I could just sense this quickening going down. I know that, I know there's a lot of things that we need. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of things pulling on you and some of you like you have problems at work you got problems in your marriage problems at home problems with your kids problems in your bank accounts problems just problem 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 I understand that and there's no condemnation here for that because that's that's part of uh, of of how we come to Christ and what drives us to Christ, that's what makes His invitation so powerful. The, when Jesus said, "If you're if you're heavy laden and burdened, come to me," see, so you got to get um, you got to get to that place where you'll come to Him. The fact that we think we can manage it, like I can manage this, I can do this, I can fix this, I can get this, I can I, I got this without just coming and getting right at his feet and saying, Lord, I I don't have this. I need your help. I need your touch. I need your life. I need your Holy Spirit moving in my life. I need you. I really need you. See, that's what real love is. It's just an acknowledgement of I really need you. I can't live without you. raise your hands and let's just sing this one time. Come on, tell him, I need you. All I need is you, Lord. Father, I just release fresh encounters. Fresh encounters of the divine kind. Lord, I release, Lord God, the kind of encounters that are going to change our direction, change our hearts, change our thinking, change the very direction of our lives. It's going to change us, oh Lord. Lord, I pray for divine encounters that wake us up on the inside. And we shake ourselves and realize the strength of God that's on the inside of us. And Lord, the strength that's in us is our connection to you. That we are your children, we are your sons, and we are your daughters. Father, I just ask you to reveal yourself. Deliver people from that counterfeit orphan spirit that's lied to them. And said that the Father doesn't care. The Father has no heart. He has no interest in you. Lord, that's a lie, Lord. You are a Father who loves and cares. And all we need is you, Lord. There's one God, one mediator. Jesus, that's you. The anointing that I've received of you, Lord, teaches me. It teaches me. It leads me guides me Lord I pray God for a revelation of who you are in people right now grab someone by the hand as we pray this prayer right here and I'm going to sit down and Julie's going to come we're going to take care of one important piece of business before we leave here this morning (sighs) I want you to pray for each each other. The hand that you're holding, and maybe if you got two hands, that's okay. I want you to pray for new levels of intimacy. It's not enough just to be with Jesus. We've got to be intimate with Jesus. Come on, go ahead. Just start praying. Pray for each other. Pray for new levels of intimacy. Pray for new levels of encounter. That God would just show up in some crazy ways. That God would just show up in people's lives. His goodness would just show up in some really awesome ways. Come on, release that over your prayer partner there. Release into them divine encounters. Divine setups, moments. Moments where God just shows up in power. Moments where God just demonstrates his love in powerful ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Release that in people right now. Lord, Damascus Road experiences are ahead for some people right here today. God, where we're brought to our knees, where we're brought to our knees and we recognize who you are. Lord, the kind of experiences and encounters where our lives are completely changed. Young people, Lord, are going to have divine encounters where their lives are interrupted, where they're going one way and you show up and you show them a whole other way. Divine encounters, divine encounters, divine encounters, divine encounters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.